Welcome back, everybody. We are GG Talk Sports, and we are obviously here because we really love to talk sports. We love to talk to people about sports, and we love to have so much fun while doing it. Oh, and then we mentioned sports because there will be tons of sports. Yeah, we've been dating for almost 10 years, and we debate sports every single day. We probably go off on way too many tangents and have a lot of fun doing it. And we also interview a ton of amazing guests on here, so we hope that you guys will leave a rating, leave a review, and subscribe so you can get the latest and greatest when we post. And also, as always, if you want a little daily fix of a guy and a girl talk sports, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, GG Talk Sports. Let's get into our highlights and the GG of the episode before getting into our topic of the day, which is the NBA is back in full swing. Some early MVPs and some early teams to win it all. But before we get into our sports highlights and GG of the episode, we want to give a shout out to a partner of the pod, Resilient CBD. It's a CBD company that is supplying some of our favorite products to recover with from gummies, which are back in stock. So go get them most definitely. I think they're Steph's personal favorite product. And then we also have their CBD lotion, which is my personal favorite product. They have a ton more. So go check them out, resiliencecbd.com. And now let's move into our highlights of the episode. So I wanted to bring up our Instagram post on GG Talk Sports. Go check us out if you haven't. That way you can check out the post for yourself. But long story short, we we put up a post of four quarterbacks. Yep. We put up Deshaun Watson, yep. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. And we asked mm-hmm. our audience to pick which quarterback they would obviously roll with. Yes. I'm pretty sure 95% said Patrick Mahomes. I'm pretty sure 100% said Patrick Mahomes, and then there was also like 5% who also mentioned some others. (laughs) Valid point, valid point. So I wanted to bring this up for you to pick because I'm just curious. We've had this discussion a ton, and I'm probably pretty sure I know the answer, but let's just pick top two because that way it's not, you know, just obvious. Yeah, so if I were to pick, I guess I would also pick Patrick Mahomes. Once again, it's very hard to pick against him because he is, like, the greatest of this generation, and people are saying potentially the greatest ever. Um, So, I mean, I guess I'm going to pick him. But my number two is a very, very close second in Deshaun Watson. I just really think that he is the full dual threat. I know that people say Lamar is a dual threat, and, like, all of these quarterbacks are technically a dual threat, but I really think Deshaun Watson epitomizes that the most. So he's my second. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the only addition that I want to add is we're going to see what Deshaun Watson can do next year. I know. So he will actually make his claim to whether or not he can compete with Patrick Mahomes as the greatest next-gen quarterback. Yeah, I agree. So it's going to be interesting to see. Let us know over on GG Talk Sports who you would pick because the post is still up. So let's talk about the NFC and AFC Championship game real quick. Both of the teams that we personally probably just wanted to win didn't win. We'll just be honest. Yeah, they did not win. But I got to say, shout-out to the Chiefs and shout-out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who will be facing off in Super Bowl 55. Both of those teams played incredible, and both of those teams, hands down, deserve to be in the Super Bowl. But... I want to back up and actually talk about both games. Do you want to talk about NFC or AFC? Let's go NFC first. All right, so the NFC, we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. I want to put that out there. Yeah, and it had just snowed all morning long. Just snowed all morning long. Set the set the story. I mean, it was a perfect walk-off in the sunset, Aaron Rodgers to beat Tom Brady and move mm-hmm. on to the Super Bowl. Yep. Tom Brady threw three picks. Yep. But the Buccaneers' defense in my opinion, was the X Factor. They held that game in check. They Aaron Rodgers had a good game. I think he threw for over 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. 
But the Buccaneers defense played well, and I also have to say this. This is something that has pissed me off, Mm -hmm. and it showed its true colors this this game. Again, though. Again. Yeah. In the playoffs. Yep. When the lights are on the brightest, and you need somebody to get open and catch the ball because they're double-teaming Devontae Adams, or Devontae Adams just can't get open, you need a number two receiver. When the lights are brightest, you need a guy to spread the floor out or spread the field out for you. I'm talking basketball now because we're about to get into <laughs> basketball. But you spread the field out and you help your quarterback. Yeah. They I don't mean, have that. No, they don't have that. They have great receivers. Don't get me wrong. But like you said, when the lights are super bright, there's not somebody who is just another X factor who can see the quarterback struggling and make additional moves to get open, to give him other options. It's just really like one shot at each play, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and that seemed to happen a lot in this game. I mean, there was an open touchdown that got dropped. Uh, I mean, that's just the first instance that I can think of. There were a few other drops or a few other routes that should have been ran. A two-point conversion. A two-point conversion. I mean, the list goes on and on. I will also say I think the lack of David Bakhtari not being in there really hurt yeah the o-line that offensive line just was i mean he got sacked i don't know maybe three times maybe more i clearly didn't look up the stats but he got sacked a significant amount of times which is not acceptable in a championship game i will also say another thing i want to bring up which really pisses me off is when the refs come in and make a some sort of call that decides the game and i know that people understand that they called a pass interference and yes it might have been a pass interference but you didn't call pass interferences all game long. I mean, the Bucks pulled on the Green Bay Packers jerseys multiple times. Multiple times in replays, you can see it. And they didn't call pass interference. And then you're going to call it the one time when it's under two minutes and it decides the game. What, like, that makes me furious. Babes is a little invested, if you guys can't I'm tell. I'm so invested because I just think it's such crap. <laughs> and I just think it's so unfortunate that that's the way that it all unfolds. We can also talk about the kicked field goal over the going for it on fourth fourth and goal if you want to talk about that because that obviously led to that point too. I mean, yeah, I was also going to say on the other side of things, great job by Tom Brady to realize that his team needs a field goal. We need points. I'm just going to throw the ball on the ground and move on to fourth down and let our kicker get a field goal attempt. I have to say that was a really, really smart. Instead of getting a sack or instead of getting an intentional grounding or instead of throwing a pick or... Something that could have been worse, he just downed it, moved on to fourth down, and got a field goal opportunity, which kind of changed the game because then the floor was like, well, hmm, I guess I kind of have to kick a field goal to keep this thing within distance, which didn't make sense either. I'm just saying that there were plays on both sides that won them the game, but I agree. The refs single-handedly determined the ending of that game, which sucks because who the hell as a football fan, yes, we are biased right now, but as a football fan, would not want to see Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hands with a minute and, I don't know, some seconds on the clock with no timeouts in Lambeau in his MVP year trying to go for a Super Bowl. I mean, personally, as just a football fan, I would have loved to see it. would have been incredible. would have been fun. But also, shout out to the Bucks because they did enough to advance to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they did enough. Their defense showed up big. I mean, I'm just going to say right here, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl on another episode. But I will say, I do think Tom Brady is going to have to show up bigger in the Super Bowl 
to win that game because he did not even play that great. And I know people are probably going to be like, what is she talking about? She's always talking trash on him. But he did not play that great. He threw three interceptions. And, yes, he obviously is still the GOAT and still played at a high level enough to win the game. But he's going to have to be better. Yeah, so let's move on to his opponent, and that is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And let's talk about the AFC Championship game, which was between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Just a couple of takeaways that I had. I think the Bills missed a lot of opportunities. I think they could have had a chance to win that game, but they just let a couple opportunities slip away. They showed a little bit of, I think immaturity is a negative word to say, because it it was a great game. Inexperience. Inexperience, I think, is the more appropriate word. And I think that they'll learn from this, and they'll build from this, and they'll come back even better next year personally. What about you? Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I think you could just tell that the Chiefs were more seasoned in these kinds of situations. So I think Josh Allen was, like, a bit flustered. He still played okay, but you could tell, like, the pressure was flustering him. Not only the pressure of the situation, but the pressure of the defense as well. Um, So I just think I agree with you. They just didn't look quite as experienced in these kinds of situations. So it's going to pay off for them in the long run. And it's still a huge accomplishment for a great season. But the Chiefs have just been here before, and they're just too good. Yeah, I will also say that I I think I probably called it, but a healthy Patrick Mahomes is scary. Yeah, I mean, the toe did not look to bother him at all. So I think with two weeks of rest, too, between now and the Super Bowl, he's going to be in full form. I mean, they have everybody. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was back, too. So they have all their weapons locked and loaded and ready to go. I will leave it at this. Special teams does control a massive part in playoff games. One team should not have kicked a field goal, and one team needed to kick an extra point. Yeah. Would have changed the outcome of the game potentially. You never know. Maybe not. But just say it. Special teams is more important than you think. It is. So now we have the Super Bowl coming on February 7th. We are obviously so pumped, so stay tuned for next week where we will cover off all things Super Bowl, get some predictions in there. But yeah, just wanted to recap the two big games from this weekend. So I don't think we realized that we were going to take so much time to cover off on the NFC and AFC Championship games. As you can tell, we were both a little invested. But with that being said, I want to cover off on something that happened this weekend. UFC 257 took place, Poirier-McGregor 2. The outcome was not exactly what I would have liked, but I got to shout out the Diamond Man. I am a Dustin Poirier fan. I've said it on the podcast before. But when you are facing off against McGregor, who in my eyes is one of the most um, iconic athletes ever, I mean, you want to see greatness always chase even more greatness. And so I was rooting for McGregor, but the way that Poirier chopped his leg down, handled the length, the distance of the fight, and then just unhailed when he knew that he had him hurt was really incredible. Yeah, I agree. And I think Conor McGregor said to himself too, just... Um, not being able to be in the octagon all last year didn't work out in his favor. So he was clearly rusty and clearly just not used to being in there. So a big round of applause for Dustin Poirier because he showed up big and he proved a lot of people wrong, which is good for him. And hopefully we all know McGregor will probably be back better than ever every time after he loses. Agreed. So now the question is, is Dustin Poirier the uncrowned champ? He is now taking the Francis Nagano route of crowning himself a uncrowned <laughs> champ. Self-proclaimed. But I also want to say one shout-out. Mike Chandler, credit to him. I don't think he deserves a title fight. We can talk about this later. Hit us up, GG Talk Sports. I think he needs a couple more fights. But what he was able to do to an opponent like Dan Hooker in 2 minutes and 30 seconds is damn incredible yeah. and really impressive. So shout-out to him. That's an incredible feat to come into the UFC for his first fight ever in the UFC and do something like that. So really cool. Yeah, we're going to have some big fights probably in 2021 after this weekend. So we will be pumped to talk about it all season long. 
Now let's get into our GG of the episode. All right, so Steph, what is the GG of the episode? So the GG of the episode is basically our big fat L that we hand out to somebody or some organization or something who did something stupid that we just want to call out for fun. So it's our big fat L of the episode. This is speculation. I just want to throw that out there at the very beginning of this whole conversation. I'm not sure that anybody has said that this is the reason why he is leaving, but Steph and I just have a feeling that it definitely is in part to it. <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to give a GG the episode, and I just want to say this before I call him out. I thought it was a badass speech. Did I'd ride with him. Oh, no. Um, but also, was, <laughs> you're on national television. You're an NFL head coach. Um, so, all right, guys. The Lions head coach, Dan Campbell, hopped up onto an interview stage, or hopped up onto the interview set and had a good speech. Go look it up. But he also then went into very graphic detail <laughs> about what his team is going to do if they get beat down. And essentially he said, we're going to hit, we're going to get beat down one time. We're going to come back up and bite their kneecap off. We're going to get beat down again. We're then going to eat their other kneecap. I think he said bite. And then he said, if we get knocked down again, on the way back up, we're taking something. I don't know what that something is because if you think about what is in the middle of a kneecap and a kneecap, it is a, a dangerous area. So, long story short, after this came out, probably a few days, maybe a week. Not even a week, yeah. The, sure li- <laughs> the Lions announced that Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions organization are not going to be playing together. They're going to be parting ways. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was in part to the speech. I don't think it is. But putting myself in Matthew Stafford's shoes, he has a lot of young kids. He seems like a pretty, you know, level-headed person, doesn't go crazy. And to hear your head coach say those things, maybe was a little off-putting. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think even more than that, even more than him having young kids, I think he, once again, we're just, like, making this up. There's no word to say that this is actually the cause, but we just think it's so funny. Like, I just think Matthew Stafford was probably like, what the hell is this guy even saying? We're going to bite kneecaps off? Like, this is not the energy I need for my last few years in the NFL. I need somebody who knows what they're doing. And biting off kneecaps is not that. So, kind of a big fat L in our big GG to the new Lions head coach for biting off kneecaps. And I think that bringing like that intensity is the right way to lead an NFL team, but I don't know if saying biting kneecaps off necessarily is. I loved the speech, thought it was really heartfelt and tough. Yeah. It was great for Detroit because that's kind of like the kind of coach they need, a tough Maybe. coach. Yeah. But I think the word choice or the uh, the metaphors <laughs> yeah. definitely painted a picture. Yeah. So GG, uh, Dan Campbell. <laughs> And now we'll see Good where luck, Stafford ends up. So that'll be interesting, too. We'll keep you posted. Agreed. So, all right, guys. Moving on from the GG of the episode. We hope you enjoy those. We really love them. But we want to talk about the topic of today, which is the NBA is back in full swing. We are very excited. It literally felt like we probably slept one night and then woke up and NBA was back. But I'm not complaining. I'm not either. So let's talk about some early MVPs and just some early teams to win it all. I don't know. Wherever we go with this conversation. But I also want to say, if you guys have a minute... Please leave a rating, leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to hit us up on social media, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, GG Talk Sports. All right, so some early MVPs. I just wrote down a list that I was thinking. All right, let's hear it. We got Joel Embiid, Nikolai Jokic, KD, LeBron, PG-13, Giannis, AD, Stephen Curry. And those are just a few that, that I wrote down. Okay, that's a lengthy list. It's a lengthy list. Yeah. But I've been excited to see these players play, and I think that they have all shown us some MVP caliber moments so far. Yeah, I agree. I think 
One of the ones that you mentioned that I really can get behind is Nikolai Jokic, the Joker. Mm -hmm. I think has had an incredible season already. I know we're like early in, so that's why these are early picks. But I think what he's been able to do for the Nuggets has been super impressive. I just think that he leads that team and he is like the X factor for that team. Um, and as a big, just what he's able to do is pretty insane. Like, insane. It, he's just so multi-purpose as a really large human being that it's always impressive to watch. And I also know that Steph Curry, your favorite, is also looking really, really good. He just passed Reggie Miller on the all-time three-pointers scored list. He's now number two, chasing Ray Allen. And he is able to do it in a season where he's looking really good. Coming back from that injury, he's looking sharp. <sighs> He's looking steftaculous. Oh, whoa. I am loving That's like it. That's a new word. Is that a new one? <laughs> you find like four different words. Now. Well, for the Joker, I was going to say the Serbian Swiss because he's like a Swiss army knife. Oh, that's good. You like that's that? Yeah, 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 there it is. Creative. All right, so no, yeah, I agree. The chef has looked fantastic. What he's been able to do for the Warriors, I think it paints a picture. If you looked at last year, they were complete trash. No offense. I know that they didn't have Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond was gone some. But now you're looking at them this year. And they're at least in contention for the playoffs right now. They're battling it out for a spot. I think if they make the playoffs, watch out. Yeah, I think you can see that being tricky too. Let's go through a few more. I think KD, I think the scary thing about KD is he isn't even back to full form yet and he's already looking really good. I think it's just going to be really weird to see how those three players actually shake out at the Nets because they quite, haven't quite figured it out yet, clearly, which is understandable, but... KD is still the star, and the other two are just kind of competing for position number two, I would say. I agree. I 100% agree. I think, honestly, as I'm thinking about this, KD is like the Patrick Mahomes to Josh Allen and Lamar. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, true. He is the leader. He is who you are chasing. Undisputable best. But you still like him. Like, no matter what, you respect him. Like, he he's arguably one of the greatest players of our generation, if not one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. So I love KD. I think that I I agree. I think KD is in contention for MVP. I think going down the home stretch, you're going to really see how the Nets flow, how the Nets feel out each other. Because if KD's not getting as many touches as he needs to get that MVP, then I think you might see his numbers just go down a little bit. Not a lot, but enough that he wouldn't be in MVP contention. I want to throw somebody else out there who's playing spectacular. They always dip off, but as of this second, we're talking about MVPs as of today. Joel Embiid, you got to you got to throw respect on him right now. He is playing incredible. Yeah, and I just I guess I have to say, I think a big majority of that might actually be attributed to Doc Rivers because I think that Joel Embiid has previously not fully bought into whatever's going on because he hasn't given it 100% every single day, every practice, every game, and now you see that from him, so I wonder if it's Doc Rivers really getting him to buy in because it's showing on the court big time with him because he is the glue that keeps that team together. I also like one random thing I really like about him is his free throw percentage. I just think it's so cool (laughs) that he is so good from the line. Um, he's good from everywhere, but I just love that about him as a really big dude. You know, some players need a coach to really ride them, and some players need a coach to just kind of make sure that they don't fall off the cliff. Yeah. Joel Embiid is the kind of player that needs a coach to really ride him and make him successful. No offense to Brett Brown, but if you listen to the way that he coached, his interviews, his stylistic approach to basketball, he was going to let Embiid kind of develop his game his own way. And he was going to help him not fall off the cliff. Doc Rivers isn't that coach. Yeah. He is going to have his hand in everything and make sure that it is done the right way and handled the right way. And I think yeah. you're seeing that with Joel Embiid this year. He fell down. 
We thought he was hurt. Honestly, at that point, I thought he was going to come out of the game and not play again because that's who Joel Embiid has been in the past. He gets hurt, he comes out. Yes, the injuries have been severe, but still, you saw him get up, suck it up, get back on the low block, and then go score the next play. Yeah. And that's the kinds of things that you don't see from Joel Embiid in the past that you're seeing now. So I just had to say his name. I think, honestly, I kind of want to end with him because I think that he is probably, in my eyes, the MVP as of right now. Yeah, I agree. I could definitely see that. His intensity is on a different level than I've seen in the past, so I'm excited for that. There's so many more games to come, obviously, in this season, and a lot of people to keep an eye on. There's some sleepers out there, too, that we'll talk about later Luca. in the season. Yeah, exactly. Luca. There's some other rookies of the year that we'll talk about later in the Very season. True. So we're pumped to get through the season now that the NFL is winding down. We have the NBA already back. So let's talk about some teams All right, we're so- interested in. I got the Nets, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers. You could even throw the Pacers in there, the Jazz. I think the Warriors. Maybe the Clippers. Blazers are even, like, sneakily at the fourth spot. I don't know. All right, guys. We do not think all of these teams are going to win by any means. But those are just some of the teams I want to throw out there to have this conversation because those teams have actually looked really well this year. Yeah, they have looked super good. Um, I think it was interesting to watch those back-to-back games between the 76ers and the Celtics. Those yeah. were two interesting games between the 1-2 and two seed and the second game they played. They were the 1-2 and two seed, um, and they both looked really good. I mean, they were impressive to watch, and it was a good matchup. It felt kind of like a playoff game whenever we watched that second did, matchup. Yeah. Um, so I think they're both looking really good in the East, but you can't say that the Nets aren't going to be up there too. Like, There's no way they're not going to be in contention, especially in the East. And I just think the interesting thing here is that the West is not like clearly significantly better across all teams than the East is this season. I think there's usually one or two good teams in the East, and then like three through ten are not great. But now I think you have like one through six and maybe one through eight who are actually looking impressive and looking like contenders. Do I think all of them are going to beat the Lakers? No. But I think that it's a much more level playing field this season, which is exciting. Yeah, that's well said. We've talked about this for a couple years. We've seen the change of talent in the East and the West. We've seen it kind of, yes, the West has always been far ahead of the East, or at least probably the past five, ten years maybe, maybe even more, I don't know. But you're now seeing the East kind of catch up. Yeah. You're seeing teams like the Heat. We haven't even talked about the Heat. I know. And they are, honestly, they look good. Do they look great? Not yet. But they are a team that would be scary to face in the playoffs. And so I think that you're right. The East is catching up to the West. I still think personally that the West is more talented overall. But I think that the the gap is definitely not as large as it was. Yeah, it's narrowing. But in the West, you obviously have the Lakers, the reigning champs, who at this point are still pretty hard to argue as a repeat, they're looking really good. They've switched up some of their like talent. So they have um, Schroeder now, who I think is a good fit, but they're still figuring out. They're figuring out how to play together in this new kind of orientation, but they look so good. Like they've won every away game. I don't know if they won their most recent one, but last time I watched them, they won every game on the road. Yeah, the Lakers, as of, I don't know, the last year and this year, have looked incredible. They are the team to beat 100%. LeBron James is the king right now. Anthony Davis, I personally think we probably should have talked about for an MVP candidate. Probably. He is leading the Lakers in some very important stats that actually help directly impact a win or a loss. Yeah. So I think that Anthony Davis 100% is just as important, if not sometimes more important at times, than yeah. LeBron. Yeah. Um, but I also want to point out the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Jazz have played extremely well, even when Shaq doesn't believe that Donovan Mitchell can become the elite 
player in the NBA. I don't necessarily know how I felt about that statement. I think that Shaq maybe didn't say it appropriately. Yeah. Um, I can understand where he was going with it. Maybe like that the fact that Donovan Mitchell has so many different levels that he could go to. And how is he going to get to those levels or why is he having a difficulty getting to those levels? Yeah. But not saying that he just can't be a, an elite player. I flat yeah. out don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I definitely don't agree with that at all. I think he already is an elite player. I mean, why do you think he got such a big contract? And why do you think he's the one who they are even interviewing after every single win that they have? Because they have a lot of them. So I agree. I think he's already an elite player. And to your point, maybe he's just challenging him that he can be even better. So he needs to just get a little bit of fire under him and realize that there's more that he can accomplish, maybe? I don't know. But I agree. I think that the Jazz are in a good position, too. I think they're another one of those ones where... They kind of just go undercover all the time. Like, all of our attention is always on the Lakers, the Nets. But they, the Clippers. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do have teams, like you said. Portland's up there. Nobody even talks about Portland. Portland's never on TV at this point in the season. I mean, the Jazz are another one where, like, we don't talk about them. They just ride under undercover, not having to be on national television all the time. Not having Small to talk money. about all the time. Small money market. Yep, so we have a lot of those teams this season that I think will be interesting to watch. But I agree, the Jazz are up there. In big contention in the West. All right, so if you had to pick two teams to come out of the East, who are you picking? Um, I'm going to pick the Nets and the – I'm going to pick the 76ers this season. Oh, okay. I was going to go Nets and Celtics. Yeah, I figured you pick Celtics, but I'm going to go 76ers this season. I love that, I though. Doc Rivers just gives them a different, different level. The only reason that I'm picking the Celtics is because we didn't see Jason Tatum play against the 76ers, yeah, and they were close in both games. And so I think Jason Tatum's, obviously, superstar abilities would carry them over the finish line. That's just my personal opinion. But, all right, so out of the West, who are you taking now? Two teams. Ooh, this one's really hard for me. I'm going to pick the Lakers as the first option. Yeah. Um, the second one can be a toss-up, though, I personally believe. I know. I really do think that it can be, too. I think... Ugh, I don't know. That's so tough. I think I'll probably pick – I might actually pick the Clippers because I think – We're going to finally get that? Yeah, I think that they're going to pull it off. I mean, I think you're finally seeing, like, a healthy PG-13 and also Kawhi's there. But Kawhi needs to do more, I think. I don't know. Those are my two. I'm not confident at all in that second choice. What about you? Uh, yeah, Lakers 100% of the one. I wanted to say a team like the Warriors, but I just don't think that they have enough – I think that if Curry goes off in the playoffs, he could carry that team. But I just don't think that he can carry him to a championship or like to a championship bout against the Lakers to see who can compete for the actual championship. Um, probably the Lakers. And I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue the Clippers. I also want to throw two other teams. I'm going to say the Utah Jazz. I'm actually going to give them hopefully an in for once. Yeah. And then I also want to say don't sleep on the Suns. Yeah, that is true. I kind of completely forgot about them. And I think... I mean, their coach, Monty Williams, said said himself that Booker and CP3 just haven't even gotten on the same page yet, and they're already winning some games and looking impressive, and they haven't even actually, like, meshed perfectly well together yet. It's still a work in progress, so I think they can be dangerous for sure. Yeah, their plus-minus, I believe, was terrible when Chris Paul yeah. and Devin Booker were on the court. But At when the same time. <laughs> an individual, like one of them, was on the court, their plus or minus was fantastic. So I think it's just a matter of time yeah. until you actually see them be able to flow off one another. So, all right, that's going to kind of wrap up our little early NBA discussion, early NBA MVPs, early NBA teams to win it, all of the above. We hope that you guys enjoyed. Let us know kind of what your thoughts were. 
and what your thoughts are on the current NBA season at GG Talk Sports on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of the above. And that's going to lead us into our final segment. It is finally back. GG Picks, which if you guys don't know what GG Picks are, Steph, do you kind of want to intro the people to what GG Picks are? Yes, so GG Picks is pretty self-explanatory with its title. It is GG, a.k.a. me and Chad, picking our favorites to win some upcoming big matchups in all sports of the world. But this time, we're going to be focusing on basketball. So this is when we pick our favorites, and then we tally them up, and we get super competitive per usual. So we have a big ACC matchup on our hands. We have Syracuse, unranked, taking on number 13, Virginia. It is tonight, January 25th at 6 p.m. Virginia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you have? So I am now heavily on the Syracuse Love train it. because I am slightly off the KU train because we are not looking great this season. We'll talk about that in another episode, 100%. Yes, but I'm heavily on the Syracuse train as always since that's where you're from. But I think they actually look really good this season. I think that they are solid. I think they can actually score, which is, has, has been one of their struggles before. So I'm going to pick them in the upset. I think that they looked really good. Yeah, no, I agree. And this wasn't because I'm a massive Syracuse fan. This is actually because their body of work proving their body of work is proving to me that they might actually have a chance to make a potential run in Bayheim's last year. I think that their last win was against number 18 or a top 25 opponent in maybe Virginia Tech, I want to say. Yeah. And they looked really good. And I think that that 2-3 zone is incredibly challenging to go up against just for one game when you don't have a chance to prepare for it. So I like I like the cues. I like the orange. The orange. All right, so let's move on. We have a big matchup, kind of a kind of an important matchup, honestly. Number twelve, Texas Tech, taking on number fourteen, West Virginia. It is also today, January twenty fifth, at eight p.m. And West Virginia is a two and a half point favorite. Yeah. So KU actually beat West Virginia. That's exactly where I was looking at things. Does that mean that I want West Virginia to win? Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. technically, because Texas Tech beat Kansas. Yeah, so I want West Virginia to win, so therefore I'm picking West Virginia. Um, I actually haven't really seen Texas Tech play too much, so I don't exactly know what they're looking like this season. But I have seen West Virginia, and I know their full court press is still there and still strong. So I'm going West Virginia. That's mostly me being biased picking on who I want to win for KU's benefit. Yeah, I'm switching. I'm going Texas Tech. I think that their coach is fantastic. I think that he has slowly built an incredible program over there in the middle of nowhere in Texas. (laughs) So shout out to them and what they've been able to achieve. I definitely have Texas Tech with the uh, upset. So, all right, moving on to the NBA. We have the Lakers taking on the 76ers. This is on January 27th at 630 on ESPN. The Lakers are the favorites. Who are you taking? Okay, can you tell me if this game is at the 76ers or at the Lakers? I don't have that information privy. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> I think it's at. I think it might be at the 76ers. So because of that, I think I'm going to actually go with the 76ers. I know that the Lakers are on a hot streak on the road, but I'm going to pick the 76ers. I know that the home court advantage isn't a, as big of a deal right now because of fans, but I just think the 76ers at home are going to be strong, and I think that they have a lot of talent. So I'm going to go with it. We'll see. I think this is a good early matchup, though, to kind of see how they both are playing against each other. Yeah, I'm going to actually take the Lakers. I think that the 76ers are going to be tired after their back-to-back against the Boston Celtics. So I just think that the Lakers are going to have a little bit more juice than the 76ers are going to have. All right, what's our other one? The last game, and not least, is the Timberwolves taking on the Warriors. It is January 27th at 9 p.m. on ESPN, and the Warriors are actually the favorites. Woo! 
And I'm going to pick the Warriors because I think that they've kept every matchup that they've been in super close. Even if they've lost, they've had some impressive things that they've done. And there's like a lot of learning experiences that they have um, for all the players. So I'm going to pick the Warriors. Yeah, I'm going Warriors as well. I think Carl Anthony Towns is still in COVID protocol. Prayers to him. And I think actually, let's just take a second. Prayers to him and his family. My goodness, the year and a half that, that they have had is terrible and tragic and you never wish to see that upon anybody. So hopefully that he can he can get healthy and, and come back out. But I think the Warriors will have a heyday without him there. I think James Wiseman will have a big day. So I definitely am taking the Warriors as well. Perfect. So that concludes our GG picks. There's some big basketball to come. And as you know, the NBA will be on TV a lot more often coming up as the NFL season wraps up. So we'll be excited to do some more picks in later episodes. Exactly. And thank you guys so much for listening. And please do not forget to leave a rating, leave a review, and subscribe so you can get updated for next episode where we get to interview an Olympic record holder and three-time gold medalist. Also, guys, don't forget a little daily fix of GG Talk Sports over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Obviously, it is GG Talk Sports. <laughs> exactly. And please make sure that you're staying safe during this time. Wear your mask. Keep your distance. And we hope you're all staying healthy. We will look forward to seeing you back here on Thursday.